0: You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. In uh, Matthew's telling and in Mark's telling of this story, the voice that comes down from heaven says, this is my son, the beloved. With him, I am well pleased. Luke tells us that the voice spoke to Jesus and said, You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And although it might sound like a minor detail difference, I, I want to suggest to you that, uh, that Luke's version of, fits much more with how we understand baptism than the story as told in Matthew and Mark. I imagine that one is kind of sort of like, oh yeah, you out there, Yeah, these are my children, the beloved, I'm well pleased. Well, yes, that's true. We are all God's children, and God is well pleased with all of us. But Luke points out that God knows and loves us has made us his children not only as a community of faith gathered, but also as individuals. You, Bob, are God's beloved. With you, God is well pleased. You, David, are God's beloved. With you, he is well pleased. Dale, you are God's beloved. With you, he is well pleased. Even Charlie. that's a miracle (laughs) thanks for being the punchline (laughs) Charlie and if most of us were baptized as children but I anybody else who was baptized as an adult or when you were old enough to remember can you raise your hand any of us here ah very good a number of us I remember when Bishop Bob Gordon Jones of Wyoming poured the water over my head and said, Peter, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I remember when he stuck his thumb in that oil stock of chrism and made the sign of the cross on my forehead and said, Peter, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. That was not a general statement. That was a particular statement about God's relationship to me and my relationship to God. And we've turned baptism almost into a... it's, It's never routine, but it's sort of expected. You know, we've been watching The Crown on Netflix. If if you haven't seen it, watch it. You will become addicted like my wife and I have. We've so far only watched one episode a night. But if we have a lot of extra time after her surgery, I suspect we might binge watch all of season two. You see the Archbishop of Canterbury in there, and everything is very fine and very formal and very, very, very ordinary, not ordinary, but special ordinary. And I I get the sense of when Charles was born and they were talking about, well, should we do the baby here or should we do the baby at Windsor? Should we do the baby at St. Paul or should we do it at the Abbey? when you hear that expression we're going to have the baby done (laughs) and boy if anything doesn't convey what baptism is about it's the idea of doing the baby because what's happening is that this child or this adult who already is God's own who already is made of God and loved is being brought even more deeply into that relationship called by name, sealed by the spirit and there's something special about remembering that and parents, if your kids were baptized when they were little, you need to remind them every once in a while you know, you were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and you were sealed as God, Christ's own forever. Because I can remember times when I felt really bad about myself. And if I'd been able to look in the mirror and say, As messy as you are, Peter, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit and baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. Even this morning. So I want to share a couple of quick stories of baptisms that stand out in my memory as particularly meaningful. First one was, um, actually the first, well, forget. All three of them were in Klamath Falls, Oregon. But uh, we used to have on Wednesday evenings, we had a very small group of people that would gather for a potluck and then we were in evening prayer together and we opened the front door of the church, and one day when we opened the front door, three kids walked in, Uh, two sisters and a brother. They were from the neighborhood. They lived in a house down the street, and that was the house where if you heard screaming just in the neighborhood, chances are it was there. If you heard glass breaking, that was probably the house where the glass was being broken. If you saw the flashing lights go by and stop, that was probably the house where the police were. Mom and her boyfriend were raging alcoholics. And these three kids in seventh, fifth, and third grade were kind of feral children. They roamed the neighborhood They didn't get into trouble, but they really didn't have much of an anchor. And one day, they were peering in the door looking, and one of our elders said, hey, come on in, we're having dinner. Have you had dinner yet? Well, no, well, come on in. And they came in, and we all introduced ourselves to them, and they stayed from evening prayer, and after that, whenever the doors of the church were open, those three kids were there. Doesn't matter. If the cleaning lady came and school wasn't in session and they were there, they were there and they talked to the cleaning lady and they'd help her clean. The oldest one joined the choir. They were there for Sunday school. They were there every Wednesday evening, every Sunday morning. Doesn't matter what was going on. They were there we got the sense that we were a safe place for them to be. And they approached my wife and I one day and said, we want to be baptized. We want to be baptized. And so I said, well, what does that mean? And the oldest one means, said, it means if something happens to my mom, that there'll be somebody who will care for us. And we said, well, yeah but God already cares for you. So I had to go ask mom. So well you don't baptize people under 18 without their parents' permission. So I went and asked the mom and she was kind of, oh yeah, if that's what they want, go ahead. And so when we baptized them at the Easter Vigil Service and they got up and they came up to the front of the church And we called them by name and said, do you wish to be baptized? The oldest one said, I sure do. And I thought of Annie at her installation service. (laughs) Do you feel called to be the rector of this church? I do. And we baptized them. And we sealed them with the oil as Christ sown forever. And I wish the story ended happily, but mom got ticked at them and to punish them she told them she couldn't they couldn't go to church anymore and we'd run into them every once in a while and we would love them up and i don't know where they are these days but that was i'd like to feel that god used us to connect to these three children who knew that they were loved and chosen by God and that God knew them by name. Second story is about a guy named Bud. Bud was the son-in-law of, or the son of, Bud was the husband of Becky who was sort of the free spirited child of Roger and Medora. They had four kids. One was federal law enforcement. One was a nurse. One was an accountant. And then there was Becky. And Becky was married to Bud, who was Bud. They were a great couple. They lived up in, uh, in, uh, Grants Pass and we were down in Klamath Falls so we saw them fairly regularly. And Roger, who was retired Air Force, used to say, Bud's a good good kid, but he's never been baptized. I worry about Bud. Well, Roger was diagnosed with prostate cancer and he went through all sorts of treatment. We were up at the hospital constantly visiting with him. And it reached a point where the doctor said, Roger, there's nothing more we can do. So Roger was at home receiving hospice care, and I went up to visit him, and I went into the room and I visited with all of them, and then Roger said, I'd like a little time alone with Peter, please. And so they all left. So he sat in there and he said, Peter, the one thing I want to see happen before I go is I really want to see Bud baptized. I said, Well, Roger, you, you better tell him that. And he said, All right, would you go out there and tell him to come in? And Roger was the kind of guy that if somebody said, Roger wants to talk to you, you go, uh oh. (laughs) What did I do wrong? So I said, Bud, Roger wants to see you alone. And everybody in the family goes, ooh, Bud. And he walked in the room and shut the door and he came out a few minutes later and he looked kind of dazed. And he said, What did Dad want to talk to you about? And he says, He told me he wants me to be baptized. And and his wife said, well, what did you say, bud? He said, I said, okay, if it means, if I mean that much to him, I want to be baptized. So we did the baptismal preparation because Roger was too sick to even come down to church. I carried a bowl and some water and the chrism and some prayer books and a stole up to the deck of their house on the hill overlooking Klamath Valley and we wheeled Roger out and he sat there and we did the baptism service and when it came time for Bud to be baptized I said to Roger would you do the honors? He said me? I said yeah anybody can baptize because it's God that does the work so Bud leaned over the bowl and Roger, with tears in his eyes, poured the water over Bud's head and baptized him. And then I sealed him with a chrism. And Roger said, now I can die in peace. And about ten days later, Roger did indeed pass away. And five years later, when I ran into Bud and Rebecca in Becky in Hawaii, Bud said to his friends, This is a guy that my father in law rooked me into being baptized with, but I'm so grateful. And so Bud, because he was loved enough by his father in law, came to understand that he was also loved even more deeply by God, that he was called and chosen by name to be. One of God's own. And the third story is about a guy who was in the county jail. One year we got this crazy idea that we were going to make cookies and take them up to the county jail and give them to all the prisoners and the guards. So I called up, and they said, well, no powdered sugar, no brown sugar, nothing that looks like it could be. We don't want anything that you could have put drugs in. I said, come on, I'm a priest. He says, Padre, we don't make no exceptions here. So we made something kind of bland, peanut butter cookie, no, it couldn't be peanut butter because there couldn't be nuts in it. I think we made them sugar cookies, and we brought them up, and we gave them to the guards, and they distributed them. And they made cookies for about 120 people. We got a thank you note from a guy who said, I'd love, thank you, this touched me very deeply. I'd love to have you come and visit. So I went and visited him. And I don't want to tell you, he was in for, he was in for a, a pretty heinous sex crime. And he, he was, he had pled guilty. He was waiting to be sentenced and he asked me to come back and after we visited for a few times he told me, you know, I used to be a white supremacist I used to I used to really hate black people but since I started talking with you I'm feeling a little different and then he said, you know, I've never been baptized and I said, well, gee, you know God loves you anyway, I says, but it would really help me if I could be baptized before I go away to prison. So if you thought getting cookies into the jail was difficult, imagine trying to talk to the sheriff's deputy in charge of the county jail and get permission to go in and do a baptism. But eventually we worked it out. It was the only contact visit I ever had with them. Usually we were talking with glass between us. So I went into the pod and we did the baptism service there. And about 10 days later, I went to court as he was being sentenced. The judge sentenced him to 17 years in prison and he was shipped off far away across state to a high security prison and I never got to see him again. But he wrote me and he said, Peter, I don't know what I would do without that reminder that no matter what I've done, I am God's own. And so, you know, these stories remind us that baptism is not just something that we have done, but it's it's God telling us. You are my son, the Beloved. You are my daughter, the Beloved. You are my daughter, the Beloved. My son, the Beloved. With you all, each by name. I am well pleased. And I want us, as a community, to remember that about ourselves. So now I'm going to embarrass you. I'm going to ask you to turn to somebody near you and tell them, You are God's child, you are God's daughter, the beloved. I want you to turn to somebody and say, go on, it will not kill you. God's son and beloved. With you, you as well, please. You are God's son beloved. With, him, with you, he's like See? You're all still alive. <laughs> now, here's your take home assignment. I want you to go home and I want you to look in the mirror in your bathroom and I want you to say to yourself, Peter, you are God's child. God's beloved, with you, he is well pleased. Promise me you'll do that. Amen.